Shut up and sit down. And welcome to Futures Focus Prospects 1500 podcast. This is, surprise, surprise, a new host, but an old host, Scott Green here from Prospects 1500, giving Alex and David the week off. Uh, Alex, I'm not sure what he's doing, but David is just getting back from spring training in Arizona, got to see a bunch of his brewers, and I know he was salivating over seeing Hedbert Perez. And I guess I know what Alex is doing. He's wishing he was in spring training in Arizona with David. So I'm going to kick off this show with some news and notes like Alex always does. And then I'm going to have an amazing conversation, which is on tap with uh, my hobby family. Uh, Kurt Moody, Stoffer Cochran, Michael Kelly, writers here on Prospects 1500, team correspondents. They are part of my hobby family, and they join me um, in just a little bit to talk all about prospects in the hobby and prospect cards and all the ins and outs of that. But I have a surprise. I have a wonderful surprise. And it's so exciting because nobody knew about this until I just reached out to him a little earlier today. And right now, to kick things off on this episode of Futures Focus, my old partner, Jake Berry is here. Jake, welcome aboard. Back in the saddle, baby. Scott, you know how people say, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. That's how I feel tonight. Happy to be back with you, buddy. You sound like Toby Keith. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do want to say, uh, I've been I've been jealous of David out there at spring training in Arizona, man. Of course, we're all jealous of anybody watching baseball, but... Uh, my my fiance and I took a trip out to Arizona a few years ago, and I really enjoyed being at the Brewer Spring Training Facility. Very intimate. The players are right on you. They're all friendly. We had a great experience out there. So I've been reminiscent and envious of all that. Yeah, as as have I. Uh, I don't know if you you might know, but it, I just turned 50. I had a big birthday, and I had a I'm planning a big bash. I was going to have a big birthday party. I told my wife a year ago, I want to, you know, have this big, big bash and, do, you know, have it in our backyard on our deck, maybe have a band. Well, that didn't happen. And so this, the second uh, plan was to spend the weekend in Florida for spring training with a few of my friends. And they were going to travel from across the country and we were going to hit some games in Florida earlier this month. And I had to cancel that, you know, just not not uh, being ready to travel yet myself and and uh, having to do the whole quarantine thing when I came back. So that's been put on the back burner. I'm definitely jealous of the people that have been out there, but definitely going to make a big trip of it next year. Uh, Spring training. It's just so much fun. One day last February when I was uh, down in Florida, I took my son over to Fort Myers just for a few hours, and we just got to go out to the backfields where the major leaguers were, were uh, you know, working out. And we didn't even see a game, but we got, you know, some great photos and videos of 
of the major leaguers and you know some of the prospects were there but it's just so cool and yeah we're envious and and you know hopefully 2022 spring training is going to be more back to normal but hey we're we're looking forward to seeing everyone and our crew hopefully in july in atlanta that's exactly what i was about to say bring bring the crew on down to uh down to georgia and we'll uh We'll celebrate your birthday then. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm working on a a big uh, prospects 1500 group outing with the Rome Braves the night before uh, the futures game. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk all about it. But uh, let's let's dive into some news and notes here, as I know Alex likes to do, and and I want to you know make him proud of of my sitting in here. Um, subbing for for the master i guess if you will news and notes i would think uh right now as we're getting ready to hit opening day i i have three prospects in mind big name prospects they've they performed well in big league uh, big league camp but they've all been uh, optioned down to the minors i think they all have a little bit of a different timeline um, but I figured we could, you know, discuss that for the first few minutes here. I'll start off with the Rays. The, I don't, I don't know if we want to say number one consensus prospect in all of baseball, but many sites have him number one, Wander Franco. We have the Royals shortstop phenomenon, Bobby Witt Jr. And we have twins outfielder, Alex Kirilov, who many did think that he might break camp and be one of the outfielders. Uh, but I, it looks like the twins are going to start the year with Brent Rooker and Jake cave out there in the outfield and give Carol off a little bit more time in the minors, or at least at the uh, alternate training. So Franco Witt jr. And Carol different timelines. I'm not surprised that any of them were demoted. Um, but what, what are your thoughts, Jake? Um, yeah, surprise maybe. I guess if I had to pick one of the three that I was the most surprised about, if you will, it would be Kirilov. He probably, he didn't probably, he did have the worst spring of the three. But I think if you asked me if I was having Jake Cave or Alex Kirilov playing left field and hitting in my lineup going into opening day, Kirilov's probably the guy I would take. I wouldn't necessarily say that for the other two guys at this point. I'm comfortable throwing a consensus number one uh, on Wander Franco. I think anybody who who tells you otherwise is kind of lying to themselves. But I'm not I'm not surprised we're not seeing Franco on opening day. And and Scott, you know, we can talk about this a little more if you want to get more in depth. But the whole Bobby Witt Jr. making the the opening day roster was asinine to me. And I'll go a little bit further. I don't even think we see him in, in 2021. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I I never thought that he was going to make the the big league team out of spring training. You and I both know that, and I write this in my articles and I tweet about it. It's like my saying. I don't know. I probably adopted it from someone. Uh, an indicator of good success, an indicator of success in the big leagues is having success at Double A or something like that. And Wit needs some time at Double A. He hasn't even been there yet. Uh, so I think that fans in Northwest Arkansas that go to see some Naturals games are going to enjoy seeing Bobby Witt for a good part of this year. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And good for those folks out there, but uh, they better enjoy it while it lasts. Because while I say we won't see him at the major league level this year, in my opinion, he won't be around in the minors for long, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I think Kirilov could be up sooner than later. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got the minor league season starting uh, early May with double A and, and, and A ball, triple uh, A also starting around then. But I think Kirilov could be up certainly before the other two. Wander Franco, maybe, you know, maybe around the all-star break, maybe in the second half. I don't they're not going to rush him. Uh, they've got the talent, as we saw, making the World Series last year. Uh, I don't think they need to rush him. And I think he'll spend at least, you know, half the year in the minors anyway, if if not longer. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the Rays are one team that I'm always uncomfortable predicting, I guess maybe because they're just so much smarter than me. But some of the moves they make, you know, they're always the team that you have the knee-jerk reaction for, and it usually pays off for them. Hadn't paid off in the big one quite yet, but uh, we might be we might be well on our way there with the, the talent they've got coming up. So that's the one team where I back off and say, hey, I don't have much opinion here. I trust that front office. Exactly. All right. And and before we uh, you know put a wraps on this opening segment and get to my discussion with the Hobby family, uh, if you were to give me two Red Sox prospects, uh, if you were to have me mention two Red Sox prospects that I'm most excited about seeing um, come to the majors sometime soon based on their performances this spring training, you could probably guess the two names that I'm thinking about. And you want to try? No, no. I want you to tell us. I don't want to waste the time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you've got Bobby Dahlbeck, who's like leading the universe in home runs this spring. Uh, yeah, and, he, and he's not hard. been strike. He's not been striking out as much as uh, history has shown us. And then um, I guess my prospect crush of Jaron Duran. Um, you know, he he's had a really good spring. I honestly think that by July 4th, he's going to be the center fielder for the Red Sox. And I, I go on record. I've said that a few times. So um, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't think they're going to stick with an outfield of. Uh, Franchi Cordero, who I don't even think is ready yet, um, with uh, Verdugo in center and Renfro in right. I think it makes more sense to have uh, Verdugo in right and Duran in center and and uh, Renfro and Cordero maybe, you know, splitting time over and left with a little bit of J.D. Martinez here and there, some D.H. and and whatnot. But but that's my sock. So I wanted to ask you, if I were to ask you about two Braves prospects that have had decent springs that you're most excited about, can you tell me who that might be? Yeah, I really uh... – well, you know what? I won't I won't go too obvious with the um, guys that are knocking on the door of the big leagues here. Of course, the, I think the first one that everybody's talking about, we won't see him anytime soon. And he's a hometown kid is Michael Harris. Uh, Michael Harris, no relation to Trey Harris. I always point that out because folks know how much I love Trey Harris. Uh, Michael Harris has been turning heads and he's, uh, believe it or not, around here kind of put um, kind of put. Drew Waters, you know, behind Pache, the number one outfield prospect behind Pache, kind of put Drew Waters on the back burner for a lot of folks uh, for the time being. Won't see him anytime soon, but um, he's had definitely had probably the most impressive spring. And then 
I'm going to stick with the Harris family here. Trey Harris hadn't really got the opportunities that I hope to see him get, but uh, he's made the most of them just like he's done at every single level. And, Scott, the one thing I want to touch on here is I've watched more Red Sox spring training this year. I shouldn't say watched. I've box score scouted more Red Sox spring training this year than I ever have before due to the limited opponents. As um, have I with the Braves. Yeah, the Braves and the Red Sox playing so much. <laughs> and that's good for uh, for you and me because uh, our, our uh, photographer on the street on the beat down there in Florida, uh, Benjamin Rush, has some really great photos uh, of of our socks and Braves and Twins and and uh, he's got some Orioles. He's been down on that in that West Coast Florida swing this whole month. So uh, I actually urge people to check out his uh, Instagram for the love of the game, and he you know got some great photos. We'll share some of them on our Twitter feed and feature some on the website here in the near future. Well, Jake, it's been awesome. I appreciate you uh, checking back in with me and doing this little. Uh, co-host to intro our episode today of Futures Focus. Um, it's it's awesome, like you said, to be back in the saddle. We should do it again sometime soon. And uh, let's get ready to to listen to the hobby family and what they have to say about prospect cards and the hobby in general. And uh, again, thank you, Jake, for coming on. We'll uh, I'll talk to you after the interview with those guys, and we'll be right back with uh, my discussion with Kurt, Michael, and Stoffer, the Hobby family, here on Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. All right, we are back on Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. I'm Scott Green, and I am really excited to be here with a few of my good buddies, the good brothers, if you will, the hobby family, if you will. Um, Some of our Prospects 1500 team correspondents who do excellent work on the website are also part of what I call my hobby family, and I'm going to let them explain what that is and what we do. And I'm excited to have joining me right now, Kurt Moody, our Tigers correspondent on the website, Stoffer Cochran, our Marlins correspondent, and Michael Kelly, our new Royals correspondent on Prospects 1500. Hello, guys. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yep. Good to be here. Awesome. So... I'm going to start with you, Kurt. I think you came up with the term from your old uh, nonprofit breaks. Um, the, uh, you know, not company, but brand, if you will. What is the hobby family? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the brainchild of you and I, Scott, where about two years ago we we got to know each other through the hobby and collecting and said, you know, I wish we had a group of guys with different teams and PCs and, and ones that we've had breaks with before. And what if we started our own thread where we rely on each other to, to find retail when we can or get, get hobby boxes when we can or order off of tops and, you know, share the wealth and, 
break at cost and and really just kind of start a family of collectors, not flippers, not investors, but you know what the hobby truly was when we were kids when there were trades and you just kind of collected who you wanted to collect and if you got your best friend's collection, you probably made a trade so your best friend got the cards he wanted. It's really been so nice to have this group of people to just share the hobby with over the last year or so with COVID-19 it's it's kept us sane and and Stoffer you you're down in Florida um your dad's even in in the group with us he's a big collector himself um what's the family meant to you like it, it a lot actually it's a uh kind of lost in the world trying to discover my own collecting wants and needs. And then, you know, just being able to spitball and talk baseball nonstop, even other sports get kind of thrown in there, but just being able to find some kind of normalcy in a world that was chaotic as F AF and just, uh, you know, meeting some people that I would never have met without having something like this. Yeah, it's really a good time. Michael, if my memory serves correctly, you were getting into some of uh, Kurt's breaks and some of my breaks uh, before you joined the site uh, and then uh, kind of got the best of both worlds now. Yeah, I think for me it was it was literally a marriage between the prospecting world and the, the card collecting world. Um, obviously, when I was a young kid, I had really had no idea what the term prospect meant, but um growing up just watching baseball and getting into the prospecting side of things and um but prior to that just getting back into the hobby so it's been a it's been a great marriage um so to speak for the last 18 months or so yeah it sure has so i have you guys on the show this week because i wanted to specifically just talk about prospects and cards prospects in the hobby are are they a you know hold and wait and see what happens? Are these something are these cards something uh, that people should get and then try to sell and make money? I guess everyone has their own ideas, but uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. And and there are so many different brands of cards that people can find prospects in, and I figured we'd touch on some of the big names of prospects and their cards that people are chasing. So the, that's kind of what I was thinking about talking about here uh, on this episode. I thought that to start off, we could let people know where they find these prospect cards. And and, and I've got a list. You know, I, I think prospect cards, I think Bowman. Bowman, I guess they call themselves the home of the rookie card. But I consider themselves the home of the prospect card because the rookies that come out in Bowman, the technical rookie cards, really don't hold as much value as the the flagship Topps brand rookie cards. Bowman is where you want your prospects. And every year, Bowman comes out with their flagship series in the early spring, and then they have Chrome later in the summer and draft uh, towards the end of the year, usually in December, which is all of the first-year player draft uh, guys with their first cards. 
And those are the first three I think of, but there are some others out there. And figured we'd we'd let our listeners know all of the different types of brands where they can find prospect cards. Any others that stand out to you guys other than the big Bowman name? Uh, Kurt, I, I, I'll throw it to you. So I agree with you. I think that anytime you can get a prospect Bowman first, you know, first Bowman, that's going to be the king of all prospect cards. I'm going to go kind of against the norm, and I'm going to say my favorite spot to find prospect cards is Elite Extra Edition. You know, over the last two or three years, I find myself hunting down uh, Panini unlicensed Elite Extra Edition. I think the the quality of the card, the different refractors and parallels, plus it's where you're going to find the first cards for international players, uh, Dominican leagues and and beyond. Uh, I really like the prospect look and feel of Panini Elite Extra Edition. That's a great point. And, you know, I've seen them in stores, retail, I don't Target has them sometimes if you're lucky you find them on the shelf or maybe find them on the website or the app um but the panini elite extra edition hobby boxes if you get a good price it really is a decent deal because correct me if i'm wrong there are about eight autographs and two relics in every hobby box that you could probably get for a little over a hundred dollars maybe 120 yeah, 10, 10 guaranteed hits out of a hobby box is just unheard of when you get into licensed products. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and then take, for instance, this year, you had Torkelson, you had Kerstad, you had uh, all of the top draft picks had both relics and autographs yeah. in Elite Extra Edition. Yeah, Asa Lacey, Nick Gonzalez, um, you know, can go on and on. Well, and we can't forget Austin Martin. First right. cards were in Elite Extra Edition. So he's been in Elite Extra Edition already, and Austin Martin's first Bowman cards are now just coming out in 2021 Bowman's first edition, and he'll be in their flagship uh, when it's released in a month or so. So, yeah, Elite Extra Edition. I agree on that. Um, a couple others. You know, Tops itself doesn't really do prospect cards they leave it to the bowman brand but they do put out their pro debut series every year which basically takes on the uh, same design as their top series one and series two design for each year but they have the players in their minor league uniforms and then tops also does a heritage series every year which is a design from years past and this year uh we're we're looking at the 1972 tops design and heritage so later in the year when tops heritage minor leagues comes out it'll be that same design those two um, have been fairly popular we've done some breaks with those ourselves in the hobby family um stoffer i think you're a fan of the heritage minor leagues right i'm a huge fan of the heritage minor league and the pro debut i i like um, the players, they're not, they don't have uh, pro uniforms photoshopped on them or spring training picks, and you can get good value for your buck. You can get autos, uh, parallel cards, um, short prints. You get 
really cool stuff out of those two. And I'm in the price is about half of regular MLB stuff. Yeah. I've pulled out relics in heritage minor league of, of banners and signs that have been on minor league, <laughs> you know, walls and actual, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, bases, pieces of bases from minor right. league parks. It's really cool. It's just a fun product. I, I Long term, I don't know the value of it, but for me, um, a lot of collecting for me is just things that I think are cool, and that's definitely one of them. Yeah, um, the minor league team's names change too over the years. So. Oh, right. Yeah, and these are the minor league uniforms and team names, as you said. Um, Kurt, you'd mentioned Panini Elite Extra Edition. They also have the draft product, Panini mm-hmm. Draft uh, Prism, and. Uh, You've been you got some Torkelsons in that, didn't you? Yeah, the Panini draft picks uh, line is is, in my opinion, it's it's less desirable from my standpoint, just because, especially the last couple years, uh, it's been a higher priced item and an item that's a little bit tougher to get to. But yeah, I chased Torkelson, uh, being a huge Detroit homer. I chased Torkelson across almost every prospect product I can find, uh, including unlicensed. And I'm a big fan of Panini's parallels. I think they have better refractors and designs in the refractors, like their Rapture and their, you know, Donuts and different different varying ones. Whereas Tops, even across Bowman and Tops, have their classic Shimmers and Atomics and Sapphires. Right. Right. Well, before we move on to talking about some specific players, uh, just run through this list again for our listeners. So prospect cards, you want to look at Bowman and Bowman comes out in April and you're going to have the first prospect cards of guys like uh, Austin Martin and Mick Abel and Aaron Sabato. I know uh, I'm a big Red Sox fan. I know Blaze Jordan is in there. So you're going to get the first Bowmans from uh, from a lot of these uh, guys that weren't in 2020 uh, Bowman draft back, you know, several months ago in late 2020. Uh, Bowman Chrome comes out later in the summer. Bowman draft will be out later in December, and that's after the MLB draft uh, this summer. One we one we didn't mention was Bowman Platinum. Bowman Platinum is a it's kind of a um, lesser valued product in the brand. But Bowman Platinum does have veterans, rookie cards, and prospects. And you're going to find prospect autographs in that. Bowman Platinum has been a uh, Walmart-only release the last you know, several years. So if you guys are, are looking for um, a retail-only product later in the year, you could probably still find some 2020 Bowman Platinums out there, uh, maybe online. But uh, look for 2021 Platinum, I guess, probably later in the fall. Um, we mentioned Topps Pro Debut and Topps Heritage Minor League. Uh, one thing we didn't mention was actually Topps Flagship Series 1, not Series 2 either, but in their update series this past year, they had prospect cards. A, a lot of that was because of the pandemic, and we didn't have minor league baseball, and we didn't have a lot of rookie cards that they were going to put into that product, so they added... 30 different prospect cards, uh, which was a subset uh, in Topps Update. And that was kind of cool, and they had different parallels. But it was one of the first times I remember 
the prospect cards in tops for what's been probably a long time. And then one other we didn't mention was it's an unlicensed product, and that's the Leaf, uh, and there's different Leaf products. Oh, and I just thought of Onyx, too. Onyx has prospects and autographs. Uh, so there's so much out there. A- am I forgetting anything? No, I think that's – I mean, forgetting anything, it's it's hard to forget even the ones you just mentioned. There's so many. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on, I have a little list here of players and who, who I considered some of the top prospect names over the last few years that people have have chased. The cards that maybe have held the most value, and when I say that, I guess it's – uh, you know which ones sell for the most and you know people are able to uh to cash in some pretty pennies on these um i'm gonna go back to 2018 2018 the one that's coming to mind right now is jared kelenic he was on the mets in the 2018 bowman and uh, we we can talk about that michael i know you might want to touch on that being a big uh, kelenic fan 2019 is where we had the first wander franco um, cards. His first Bowman was 2019, and uh, then we also had Julio Rodriguez. Last year, I think the two big names, pretty much right around this time, were Jason Dominguez and Bobby Witt. And then I guess who knows who the big ones are going to be for 2021? Probably Austin Martin. But let's start with let's start with those five or six names I just mentioned. Uh, Michael, talk about your favorites, the Northwest. Bash brothers, Kellenick and J Rod. Yeah, I mean, so with uh, Kellenick, he was in the uh, 2018 products, and as you mentioned, J Rod was in the 2019, the loaded 2019 um, collection of cards with Luciano and Abrams and Carroll and, you know, a bunch of the prospects that are really starting to make a name for themselves. But, um, you know, with Kalenic, his cards you know, being on the Mets and subsequently got traded to the Mariners, um, some collectors just don't necessarily go for that. They they want the prospect to be in the uniform of the team that they currently represent. So, um, you know, obviously Kalenic has has blown up and he's you know, on the verge of, of getting called up to the majors. You know, probably as soon as the service time issue is over. But, um, you know, he's just rocketed up uh, the prospect list and um, I still I don't care that he's his first Bowman cards a, a Met card um, I've got a couple myself and always looking to acquire more yeah you know it's something that I actually forgot uh, because I think J-Rod and Wander were in in the, the, the Bowman flagship last spring or, or the spring of 2019 but Kellenick he was in the draft late in the year in 2018 it was bowman draft where he came um he came in it was after um he had been drafted that year uh i think if i'm correct because mm-hmm. i know i know i have the paper of his card but i don't have one of the chromes and, and that's because i don't usually collect that whole draft set like i do the the flagship ones earlier in the year um something that a lot of people are finding out, and if they're new to the hobby, and the hobby has really exploded over the last year, 
uh, because people have been home so much, so they've been buying cards, whether it's out at, in retail or online, uh, that values for these prospects that have never been in the majors, they could they could change at the drop of a dime. And, you know, I think, look what's happened with Bobby Witt Jr. cards just over the last week or so. There's just been a huge boom because he had a few home runs in spring training. And he didn't make the major league team. He was uh, he was uh, option to the minors. So I want to get your thoughts on, I had mentioned this at the beginning of the segment, are these prospect cards something that people should be holding on to, or do you think they should sell them? Kurt? So I'm going to, I'm going to answer the question by not answering the question or actually doing it both ways. I, I think that prospect cards should be held onto for something that you PC or you collect. You know, I don't PC Royals. I don't PC Bobby Witt. So when he, this spring has hit three home runs, seven, seven RBIs, and hit 290. I'm pretty much selling on Bobby Witt right now. Uh, that isn't to say that he's not going to go on and have an amazing you know, rookie year, whether it be later on this year or called up next year. But for prospects that I don't collect or want to collect their whole career— I'm looking for that quick burn within the first year and a half, two years of, of their first cards. You know, Bobby Witt being in Bowman last year, I've now held his first paper, first Chrome, first Mojo, and, and everything else for as long as I want to see him, you know, I dare I say increase in value or 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 bring me back a big return because now I can take that money and buy high and buy low on Torkelson who had a terrible spring. So I, I think you, I think you sell what you know you don't want to have three or four years down the road. So it's really a personal decision. Oh, 100%. And you, you completely have to make that decision on your own instincts. It's not, you know, I see on Twitter to your point, Bobby Witt crushes two home runs and his cards go crazy. CJ Abrams crushes two home runs and his cards go crazy. You're going to have the ups and downs of a prospect when it comes to spring training and when they get called up. And it's just, you do what your gut and your happiness tells you to do. So the hottest card over the you know last couple months since uh, Bowman draft came out in December, you know, or the Spencer, Spencer Torkelson first Bowman's and especially his autographs. So do those go down in value because he didn't have a good spring training? Well, I, I will tell you this. Torkelson is one for 20 with 12 strikeouts, batting an amazing 0. 0.50, 0, 0. 0.050. There is no way that the hobby where it's at today does not take notice of that and people start to unload. Yeah, uh, it's it's both a blessing and a curse because, you know, the fellow Tiger collectors are loving it because Torkelson paper and Torkelson chrome and refractors are at their lowest they've been since that release. Mm. Um, but it's it's just the way the hobby is right now that I mean, look at your own PC, Scotty. Look at what Bobby Dalbeck did this spring. Six home runs hitting 308. I mean, 
there's no way going into spring training you would think Dalbec cards would go up four times in price, but they have. And, and they have. And he's likely going to be breaking camp with the big league team, and he's not you know, going to be in the minor leagues. So I think there's a, there's a big difference there because Torkelson is and Witt is and Franco is and uh, Rodriguez is. They're all going to be in the minors. And, and, you know, Dahlbeck is a, is a different animal, although Dahlbeck right now, you know, the big the big chase are his rookie cards. Uh, you know, does Do people remember when his first Bowman prospect cards were? I do because I PC him, but I bet all of the fickle hobby fans and collectors, they're going to go search on eBay and other sites to find out when his first autos were, and they don't know because they haven't looked. But there in 2016, by the way. <laughs> well, I, I think Stoffer's going to see that soon with J.J. Blade. Uh, I think Stoffer's going to see that soon with Jesus Sanchez. Um, I mean, I some of these teams that have had really good prospect farm systems for the last four years their cards are going to be back i mean looked up the minute these rookie cards come out oh i needed a blade first and then to your point the fickle hobby goes on ebay or goes on twitter and says who has jj blade first chromes i'm buying right right well stoffer kurt brought something up and mentioned you and i want to go right into that you're a big Marlins fan. You're a big Sixto Sanchez fan. And he's going to be in the rotation uh, with the Marlins. And, and we're looking at his rookie cards right now with tops and with some really nice autographs that he has in the current Inception product. We haven't talked in the last 10 minutes about any pitchers. And why are pitcher card values less i mean sanchez could have the most success in the major leagues of all these people we just talked about but his cards aren't going to be worth as much why is that i think for me a pitcher rookie card they have to be a special pitcher for a long period of time you're looking at um your kershaw's uh guys that have proved to be durable and consistently in the running for cy young awards year after year whereas with some of the the position players they play every day they get their home runs they don't necessarily have to be leading the league in home runs every year winning the mvp every year they should win a few for their rookie card values to hold but they don't have to do that year after year whereas a pitcher does i think there's just more competition and more room for injury in the pitching position in general yeah that definitely makes sense all right um out of these last few years, uh, are there any prospect cards that I didn't mention uh, that we didn't talk about? We didn't talk a little, a lot about Jason Dominguez. I mean, what, what, what should we expect from him? What do we do with his cards? Um, you know, Marco Luciano, same, same uh, product, 2019 as Wander Franco and Julio Rodriguez. Any other big names that you can think of that we're not touching on? I think for me, what I like to do is about two or three years after these uh, guys debut and they were big prospects and top 10, top 100 prospects, I like to look at guys' values who've dropped and try to pick up a few of them for my PC. 
Uh, I'm talking, you can find really good deals on like Jan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, Vlad Jr. cards even, um, Peter Alonso. I like to grab just a few of those when their prices are low just to have them for my PC because I like to be able to identify prospects and then years later look at them and be like, yeah, I got his rookie card. That's a good point. Now, and you know what? Something that's one of my pet peeves, and you'll see it all over selling sites like eBay and others, they're selling a prospect card that they call a rookie card. Is it? It's just it's just uh, nomenclature, right? And they're putting rookie card or RC uh, in the subject or title to to get eyes on it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, if um, if I may explain to the futures focused <laughs> listeners the rookie card in these days uh will have an rc logo uh tops has their own rc logo signifies rookie card um, the panini and the unlicensed uh donruss cards and their other brands they'll have rc their own logo and and that like i said it signifies their quote unquote rookie card it's basically they're one of their first cards there because there are so many um, from being in the major leagues. But you can go back sometimes two, three, even four years, might even be more in some cases, where that same player will have had their first prospect card. And that's what Kurt was talking about a little earlier in the segment about their their first Bowman. So I want people just to know the difference. It's a big difference between prospect cards and rookie cards um and what oh you know what i wanted to mention as we're talking about rookie cards are these players now these uh you know likely breaking camp with the team or soon to be with the major league team but they have rookie cards out this year and i'm talking about uh you know sixto sanchez alex kirilov with the twins he was just uh, announced that he was going to start in the minor leagues this year. Uh, Alec Baum with the Phillies, he will be on the major league team. He has rookie cards. Joe Adele, his first rookie cards are out right now this year with Tops. Uh, any others? You know, these are now guys that have had prospect cards for at least a couple years, in some cases a few years, but now their first rookie cards are in Tops. Are, are these something that we should try to get for our collections or do we want both with them and prospect cards michael your thoughts on these guys like adele and bomb and kirilov with their rookies yeah i mean it's it's, it's, i I guess tops is presuming that kirilov is is going to make it up to the big leagues although i think he they just announced he was sent down today i think is when it came out but uh um, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I would have, I guess if I would have thought they would have picked Kellenic of, of anybody to be up, uh, this year, um, if they were going to give him a, a, a precursor of a rookie card. But, um, I mean, for me, I, I like rookie cards, but I tend to go more towards the prospect side. I, I, I actually like trying to find guys before they break out or just on the verge of, of becoming known in the prospect world. Um, you know, guys like Luis Matos, um, who's really starting to get some love in the hobby, um, and throughout prospect ranks. So uh, that's where I tend to put my focus. I do the same. I actually put my focus now in the last few years on prospect cards more so than the rookie cards. And 
you know, you guys know uh, with with me being a huge Red Sox fan, one of my favorite prospects over the last couple of years has been Jaron Duran. And I've been wanting his first Bowman card uh, since the the summer he was drafted. When I saw him play in Lowell for the Spinners, the summer of 2018, I'm thinking, oh, would love to see a, a first Bowman of his in 2018 draft. It didn't happen. All of the 2019 Bowman products, not in it at all. And then um, it was actually in a Gary V uh, exclusive tops uh, produced uh, a curated set where Jaron Duran was one of the cards that he had included uh, with some up and coming players to keep an eye on. So I, I got that little set. I actually had an extra of the card, got it signed by Duran uh, in person at Hartford, which was cool. And and then finally in 2020, Bowman first edition, he arrives. And then he was in the Bowman flagship last year. So in his case, it took almost a couple years and several lines of products to to come out. Although, as Kurt mentioned, sometimes you're going to get players in Panini's unlicensed Elite Extra Edition before you do in Bowman. And that's the case with Duran because he was in their 2019 stuff. So uh, a little, little uh, nugget for people who uh, follow prospects. Remember... Elite Extra Edition, because you might get their first cards before Bowman. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, this has been a great conversation about the hobby prospects, our hobby family, and what that's all about. I really thank you guys for for joining me for a little bit uh, on this on this episode. And I, I just want to give you the time to uh, tell everyone, you know, how they can find you, follow you, what you've got coming up on the site and what your next chases in the hobby are, if you will, maybe even breaks that are coming up. So uh, we'll start with Kurt, then we'll go to Michael, and, and then Stoffer. So absolutely, thanks for having me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit, or Detroit, like D-E-T, debt underscore guru underscore Kurt. Uh, I have coming up as the Tigers break camp, kind of a recap on their top five uh, prospects according to our top 50 rankings from before spring training kind of how they did and where they'll end up uh, and to be honest my my next step is going back to s1 top series one and uh, breaking some more hangers of top series one and and if people don't know the thing that we're looking for in these hanger boxes which are retail uh, items uh, you could get some nice autographs in these and definitely the short prints and the variations are what uh, Kurt and I and, and our buddies definitely chase in the uh, in the flagship uh, in addition to the rookies. So thank you, Kurt. Uh, and Michael, you're up. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Scott. Uh, so uh, you can follow me at mkelly underscore nd. Um, and actually it, coming up on Prospects 1500, I've got uh, a brand new article that will be published here in just a few days uh, talking about the uh, meteoric rise of Bobby Witt Jr., um, who we touched on earlier here in the podcast. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And uh, certainly as the season gets up and up and going, I'm excited to get out and see some real live baseball. And that's going to include uh, probably some stops up at Kauffman uh, Stadium and um down at uh, Northwest Arkansas, where the Royals double 18 is close to my house. So um, 
probably be hitting up both places and looking to get some more content out to out to the readers. Hopefully you'll be able to see Bobby Witt Jr. in uh, Northwest Arkansas, too. That'd be great. Hey, what's that ND in your Twitter handle stand for? Uh, it's for Notre Dame. I'm a not an alum, but a, what they call a Subway alumni. But just a big, huge fan overall of Notre Dame. Um, speaking of Notre Dame baseball, they just rose to number 14 this, over uh, this past weekend. So they're doing well. Go Irish. Stoffer, finish us off here. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter also at Stoffer81, S-T-O-F-F-E-R-8-1. Um, on the queue I'm working on right now is a pretty much most writers are right now is a Marlin spring training prospect review. Going to talk about how different prospects uh, did for the spring training and see who's going to be next coming up. And um, my goal for this summer is to catch as many jumbo shrimp games as I can. I live 15 minutes from the stadium. I plan to attend as many as possible from missing out last year, and I will be able to cover a lot of AAA teams this way. I hear you. We all need minor league baseball badly, and Mm -hmm. I just heard that um, um, I'm going to be going to some Yard Goats games here in the near future starting in May. So, so yeah, we that can't get here soon enough. All right. Thank you all for joining me. Um, This is Scott Green with uh, Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. We've been talking about the hobby and prospect cards. And I will be back just after this short break uh, to wrap up this week's episode. All right, we're back here on Futures Focus. It's Scott Green and Jake Berry. That was a fun discussion. Anytime I get to talk about baseball cards with with uh, my friends and writers of the site and, and really discussion with anyone you know, out there on Twitter, on our, on our website, it's all good times for me. And I love sharing the knowledge that, that I've brought on. And, and if I can pass along some names and some tips and some brands to pick up when you're able to, uh, if you are looking for baseball cards, that's, something that I really enjoy doing. And Jake, I know you've you've dabbled in the hobby and we've made some trades and done some breaks together. Um, where are you currently? Have you taken a little step back? Are you still getting some here and there? It's so tough uh, because these days it's really hard to find product in stores. And if you're finding it online, it's so expensive. Yeah, well, you know, I used to be hardcore into this stuff. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I dabbled. I, I This is what I did for fun on the weekends, joining breaks and, and trading and meeting up with friends and going to my, my LCS, which for me in rural Georgia is not close. It's not local. It's about two hours away. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a hobby for me. Exactly. Like you guys say, it, it's a hobby and you're right, Scott, I've kind of taken a back seat because, um, uh, the way that uh, I guess prices are trending for a lot of products and things like that, a lot of products that interest me. Of course, there's some very affordable options out there, but you know, w- why would you spend money on something that doesn't necessarily appeal to you? So yeah, I've taken a step back. I think uh, I think a lot of the stuff's going to come back down to earth. This is probably the longest um, spike that we've ever seen. You know, I've been collecting baseball cards for 15 years. 
um, probably the longest spike that I've seen, but um, I keep up with it. You know, I, I love following folks on Twitter that are sharing their cards and stuff like that. So if you ask me what my hobby stance is today, look, I've got I buy all the Braves. I've got Stephen Paolini's. I've got Trey Harris's. I, I buy all the Braves. Um, but that's what I've had to condense my collection to for all the other nice stuff. I just live vicariously through all you guys on Twitter. <laughs> Thanks, of course. So I just saw this on Twitter today and it's just outrageous. And someone actually said redonkulous. Um, and, and I condone that word yeah. because it certainly works for this. It's a pre-order. It's not out yet. It's not going to be out for a while, but it's, it's Topps Chrome. So right now Topps is out with their Series 1, and, and that's the first uh, series, the first edition of the year. you got some new rookie cards. It's exciting. It's been out for uh, about a month or so, and Topps Chrome comes out a little later in the year where it's a lot of the same design cards, but they're the heavier chrome finish, and sometimes those chromes, rookie cards, might be worth a little bit more than the regular base paper card. I'm looking at someone who tweeted this earlier today, and it's from one of the big box websites that are out there where you can pre-order product. Topps Chrome case, 12 boxes in this case, $4,000. It's $333 a box. This yeah. is something that was probably, I don't know, 100 to $150 a box. You know, a year or so ago, and it's more than doubled. It's just outrageous, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> the hobby has exploded in the last year with the pandemic. People yeah. are are home. They're they're buying and ripping and breaking and and selling and trading. And so it's good for the hobby. But like you said, I do agree. It's going to level out. Some prices are going to come down and uh, yeah, buyer beware. Yeah. Find the, best, and, find the best deals you can and do some shopping around. Yeah. I don't I don't want to sound like the curmudgeon who's saying, hey, get out of my hobby. You know, I'm happy for people. It's just uh, just not my personal preference. I remember I think I was paying around 300 bucks for boxes of Bowman Chrome during Vlad Jr. years. So <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, Jake, you. You actually hit big in one of my Bowman breaks uh, last year when you got one of the the it was a gold Bobby Witt Jr. auto. Yeah, uh, that was an amazing pull. Yeah, gold shimmer. Um, Scott, you and I will have to talk offline. That card turned into a nightmare for me, courtesy of the United States Postal Service. But luckily, we got it all made right. Oh wow, yeah, we'll talk <laughs> offline about that. So anyway, it's been. Uh, it's been great. This has been a, a fun episode. Jake will do it again. Alex and David will be back next week on Futures Focus. And uh, Jake, just tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, just so everybody knows, I was on a Twitter hiatus. I've been getting back to my followers, former followers, I should say, um, making sure I'm following all those fantasy baseball people, all those baseball card people. I'm now at Barry's Braves. I decided to add too broad of a focus. I'm just going to try and bring the best Braves content to Prospects 1500 I can, the best Braves content to Twitter I can. And you did just recently 
drop an article on the site about Braves prospects that were outside of your original top 50. So people can find that on prospects1500.com. You got anything in the wheelhouse coming up over the next month or so? Yeah, we're absolutely going to do a Braves prospect spring training recap. So you're able to identify those guys and their stats and their performances all in one place. And then I think we're going to do some kind of a um, all Braves prospects team, but a little bit of a look ahead twist to it. Not going to be our current prospects team, maybe what we think it's going to be in a couple of years from now. And there is a little weekly feature that you and I work on, isn't there? Yeah. You kidding me? That's the highlight of my summers. Prospects of the week. Man, I'm looking forward to getting back to that. 2020 was a tough year. Um, Scott and I didn't get to collaborate on the prospects of the week like we hoped to. We got a few out for some guys that made their major league debuts. But yeah, absolutely. That's where we find the diamonds in the rough, baby. That's where we find those those deep folks for you to add to your dynasty rosters. I love working on the POTW with you each week. So All right. We're looking forward to that starting up maybe in April, but definitely in May. And uh, Jake, it's been awesome. So again, for Jake Berry, I'm Scott Green at Scotty underscore ballgame on Twitter. Alex and David will be back next week. This is Prospects 1500's Futures Focus. Have a good one, everyone.